Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yo, what up, podcast people? It's the one and only legend of winning, a.k.a. Low. A.k.a. Low. Oh my God, chill out. Before we get into the podcast, I want to just... I want to be uh, be transparent with you all. You be know. honest. Okay. Be honest, you know. So, we were supposed to drop a podcast on Sunday. Unfortunately, though, I was editing a video. And after I get done editing a video, I like to, like, clear off my um, my hard drive because I just download a whole bunch of stuff that may be unnecessary. And, unfortunately, that got mixed up with the audio file from the podcast. So, that's the what reason why. What are you trying why. to say? Huh? What are you trying to say, man? What happened? I'm just saying that's that's the reason why no podcast went out. I accidentally oh. deleted the audio file for the podcast, and I tried my hardest to try to recover it, but I but I couldn't find it at all. But um, we're gonna catch up on the stuff we talked about last last podcast, which really was a lot of Demarcus Cousins talk, you know, the shenanigans that he did, and then we'll move on into all the other stuff. But yo, agent, say what's up, bro? <sighs> Lo, I was so tired on the last podcast, man. But I was like, nah, I told Lo we were going to record the podcast. I can't go to sleep. I'm trying to get the podcast out by tomorrow because the DeMarcus news was hot. But here we are. Uh, July the 10th. Oh, it's my dad's birthday. Oh, snap. I definitely did not wish him happy birthday. That's a, that's a sad realization. I'll, I'll tell him tomorrow. It'll be all right. So we'll run it back. Uh, let's get into it, Lo. Let's get into it, man. The fact that you think I might actually take that out the podcast, which I'm not. Oh, no, you can leave it. It doesn't matter. Okay, I'm about to say, oh, that's still going to be in the podcast. But, um, yeah, so let's let's go ahead and knock out this DeMarcus Cousins um, thing that happened a week ago that I ended up deleting. So, um, I'm pretty sure everybody knows by now, DeMarcus Cousins made the decision to take the mid-level exception Wait, to go what? play. What's that again? He went where? Stop, stop, stop. DeMarcus Cousins. Let me try to reenact what, I ha- what happened last time. Yeah, can we reenact it? Yeah, let's <laughs> do that for the podcast, people. <laughs> Let's do it, yo. So, so this this what happened, people. I came on the pod. It was a great like setup too. I came it on the was, pod. I came on the pod like this. Oh man, what's wrong, Lo? I, you know, agent. I I grew okay? up with like. I just grew up watching so much great basketball, com- competitive basketball, man. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I just, I don't know what, what happened to it, man, you know? What do you mean, man? What are, what are we talking about here? I mean, I just, I, when I when I watch people wanted to compete, man, it was, it was such a great league at the time, man. And I just saw so many people going after theirs. And, you know, if you win, you win. If you don't, you don't. But you go home as a man, you know? What are you trying to say, Lo? I'm, I'm confused here. I'm, tr- I'm, tr- I'm trying to say that. 
the NBA I, I knew and love is gone, and, and the league is ruined because DeMarcus Cousins is a bitch ass. I don't know if I said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you messed that up. You definitely had a better intro last time. Yeah, I did. Like that, I did. But it was fine. But um, yeah, ba- basically uh, uh, a long intro to make it shorter. I'm in my initial thoughts and reactions to DeMarcus Cousins going to the Golden State Warriors for a mid-level exception. I was definitely up upset. I was confused because I thought DeMarcus Cousins, especially when he had his back and forth with Kevin Durant last year, was a person who had different morals and his view of how to compete on the basketball floor would not have allowed him to join a Golden State Warriors team that featured so many star athletes. Then on the flip side of things, you have a person in Anthony Davis who actually was wearing his jersey during an all-star game because that's that's how that's how much Anthony Davis appreciated what he brought to the floor. And so just as a DeMarcus Cousins standpoint, I understand why he did it, but let me let me be the first to tell you DeMarcus Cousins. The ring that you're probably going to win this year does not mean anything. I don't know why they I don't know why they like they think that all of a sudden we're going to start counting the rings that they've won as some major accomplishment. Bro, it's not. Y'all are on y'all are on a team that's supposed to win every single year. And in my, so, in my Lil, honest opinion, let's say, no, <clears throat> let's say he's on TNT. Let's say he retires, right? He's mm-hmm. only won one ring, and it was that one year with Golden State. He goes on TNT, and often, maybe a couple times a year, you'll hear Shaq and Charles go at it, talking about Shaq says, you ain't got no rings. Then Charles says, Kobe carried you. And they have that whole back and forth. It's played out, but it happens. So there's that. There's, there's always going to be that debate that Charles never won a ring. Now, we'll say DeMarcus went on TNT, right? You'll be like, but I got a ring. How, how does he think that's going to play out with the guys there? You think they're going to be like, he's right, Char- Charles, he's right, he does have one more ring than you. It's not going to happen. They're going to look at the context in which he's achieved the ultimate goal of every NBA player is to win a championship. And they're going to be like, yo, it doesn't count. You went to the best team in NBA history and made it even better. He's... I think we could agree, Low, that he's the best center in the league. Well, Joel Embiid, he's he's one of the best centers. I mean, in the I mean, if if not number one, then number two. So I don't know why he thinks, and maybe he just thinks with time people will forget, and they'll just oh, Anthony. I mean, uh, Demarcus Cousins has won a ring, and so that definitely puts him above of this person. But anybody who understands basketball, all the people that are around now that are watching that remember this moment aren't gonna forget how he won it. Just won't happen. And I know maybe some people will forget that's how history works, I guess. And people tend to make the same mistakes. Hey, let's not get into this. This is not a, class, a sociology class, right? This is the podcast. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins has ruined the NBA. He's not. And lo, that video you did was. That video you did was fucking fantastic. That <laughs> where, where you like you had like the whole mystery theme, the suspense music. And then you were like, oh, who's the culprits? I was like, yo, I knew who it was going to be, but I was still intrigued, man. And you're right. He's not the only reason the parody in the NBA is uh, fleeting. Um, but he's definitely adding to it. He knows the problem exists, and he doesn't want to solve the issue or be a part of some sort of solution. Instead, he wants to, uh, you know that quote that's floating around Twitter? Uh, when things get hard, just take the easy way out. And it has a big picture of DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, yeah. It used to be KD on there, but now they got DeMarcus on. Yeah, yeah, I know it, yeah. So uh, we're in a weird spot as an NBA community, man. And, of course, a lot of rumors have been flying around since he signed. 
that contract. Um, and then I think we talked about that for like another like 20 minutes. And it was interesting rumors. So, I mean, is there anything else you want to say about the DeMarcus thing? I feel like we're almost having the same conversation twice. Yeah, no, that's but, that's the reason why it's, it's kind of doesn't have a still flair. But one thing I did want to make sure I, I said, um, I said last time I want to make sure I say it again, is that what's going to end up happening is that I believe over time it's just going to get worse. Because now since DeMarcus left Anthony Davis, the transition from wherever AD feels like he needs to go is going to be a little easier. And because that Golden State Warriors team is just still going to be so stacked, it's just going to be teams trying to compete with the Warriors, building more super teams and depleting the talent that's around the league and stacking them all on the same rosters. The reason why... and and. A few things I know I said for a fact in the last podcast, but unfortunately, you know, I deleted it. A few a few things that differ from where we are right now to where we were before is that when there's eight teams in the NBA, it's easier to stack talent on one team because it's just not spread out. When there's 12 or, or 20 teams, it's easier. But when there's a 30-team league and majority of the talent is stacked amongst six teams, and then on top of that, you have players who are even trying to leave their roster to go to other rosters who are already stacked because like a DeMarcus Cousins just left an Anthony Davis. And I have, I have no doubt in my mind that Anthony Davis will leave that team because it just doesn't make any sense for him to be there anymore. And so once this continues to happen, it just continues to perpetuate this mind state that we have to form super teams that have any chance of winning. And I just don't know when it actually ends. Many people just kept assuming that it wasn't going to get worse, but I, I believe it's just going to continue to get worse, or at least it just gets to a point where players find their way on teams that they want to play for, and it ends up depleting the talent across the league. Another great example is like Kawhi trying to find himself playing for the Lakers now. So I, in my, in my, in my opinion, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, you know, I, again, I don't think your ring is going to mean anything. Clyde Drexler, who was already a great player, won a championship with the Houston Rockets towards the end of his career. People still put Charles Barkley over Clyde Drexler. So, I mean, it's I don't really think that your ring will amount to anything of significance when it's all said and done, to be completely honest with you. See, some rings, I think, have a lot of value. Like the first ring, D-Wade won. I think he proved that he's a winner. And a ring like that will skyrocket you in the all-time rankings, for sure. And then, let's think of a case where Kevin Durant is probably the most popular and the best example of a player where we'll see his ability to win. He's won rings, and he'll probably win some more just based on how things are going. And it's just not going to hold the same value. Lo, um, you t- you talked about the, the big market teams a second there, bro. Uh Kind of going off topic, and we're going to get back on topic, but I, I, I saw this, and I, I think I Skyped it to you, and I was like, what the fuck? Uh, in LeBron's deal with Nike, there was a clause in there that if he went to a big market team, which I'm curious how Miami didn't qualify as, if he went to a big market team, then he would see additional bonuses. And I just thought, like, what? That, that was is a, I insane. Know, like, that was the craziest thing I've seen in a while. I was like, Jesus Christ. I literally was taken aback. I, I had to like just sit there and, and brainstorm. I had to put on brain food on just a playlist on Spotify and just think for a bit. Is that is that is that okay? I don't, maybe technically speaking, yeah, you'll make more money if you're in a bigger market. So Nike benefits by having you there. So they'll put the clause in there, maybe entice you to go somewhere else. 
But I can't imagine the NBA is going to sit there and be fine with that. They're almost incentive. No, not almost. They are incentivizing players to leave smaller market teams, which already have a severe disadvantage, and go to bigger market teams. So all the superstars signed to Nike, and maybe there's something similar is going on with Adidas, and we know Puma's trying to get in the game, right? If, if this is going on with all of the top superstars in the NBA, the small market teams stand no chance. It's like they already have everything against them, right? On, in, in the bigger markets like LA or, or New York, you're living the life, like the nightlife is fantastic, the lifestyle, of course. And, and if you're in LA, of course, you also have the weather. And then that doesn't even get into all the benefits. Like if you're if you're with your family, low, would you want to live in LA or Charlotte? I'm just asking. You'd rather live in LA. I think 99% of people are going to say LA. No, so I, I, like, I, like, I like small towns. I like Charlotte, bro. Come on. He's lying. He's lying. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't want to add more incentives Making it's almost like this inequality between NBA teams that's almost no, it's never been addressed ever. And every time they try and address it with some sort of policy to help out, nope, the player association just comes through and fights it off. And then they're like, ah, job complete. And then we have a situation where everybody stacks up on the same teams because it's what benefits them the most. Now, financially, since there's more incentives, but also because of championships. I thought that was insane. It was probably the craziest thing I've seen this offseason, though, because I was genuinely surprised by it. I didn't even know something like that was allowed or possible. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think it was possible, but I'll even go as far as saying this. You you kind of alluded to it earlier about, like, other, like, shoes, shoe deals doing it. I honestly believe Puma's probably doing it as well because it would only make sense. If Puma's trying to get into this market of NBA athletes wearing their shoes – which they signed. I know they signed eight in. I believe it was one more um, rookie that was in the draft that they signed as well. If they're trying to get into that market, Adidas is trying to find themselves back in good favor with a lot of NBA athletes. I mean, putting in clauses like that, like we just like you said with LeBron's clause, where he, he goes to a bigger market, he earns more money. That would only make sense. Which, I mean, that just makes it harder for them. <laughs> like that, that makes it harder for the league. And so that's something that, it's it will be harder. It will be it's gonna be hard for the NBA to try to regulate that because that would be out of their jurisdiction. So I don't know how they would regulate it, but it is it's just it is another. They can regulate it by tilting the seesaw to create some balance, give some sort of negative, almost to decentivize people from going to big market teams to to balance the scales. To I don't I don't, I don't know right? I don't know what that would be though. I mean, Adam Silver's a smart guy. He seems capable. He'll figure it out. I well, hope so. Well, I, I think, well, one of the things that they did was they did incentivize players who were drafted by the teams that they stayed on, or they, they, they stay on the teams that they were drafted by, and you get more money if you if you stay on that team and you're an all-NBA or MVP candidate or whatever, and you sign a contract, you get the super max. So I guess that's, in a sense, I guess that's part of them incentivizing players, but I don't know, the amount of money that you can get from going to LA will just end up being the same amount of money that you can end up. You, the amount of money you can get to LA with the contract and the shoe deal could possibly be the exact same amount of money you would get playing for Indiana and just staying with the Pacers. So I don't, I don't know. It's interesting, but just in, in a bigger scale and, and just a, a bigger picture, 
man, the NBA has, it's, it's a bit, it's a, I don't know why people think that it's not a big problem, but it's a big problem. Like we're heading down a path where teams are progressively becoming more stacked or at least the way that's, that's the way it's setting up to be. And I honestly believe we were heading in a different direction where with 30 teams in the NBA, things were coming, coming across like they were extremely balanced. I mean, I know many people like to go back through history, but like I said, things have changed pretty significantly over the last, you know, 15, 20 years, let alone the last, you know, five years. So I I think that we were heading in the right direction, but just to see where we are right now, it, it is pretty unfortunate, but, um, the whole, and, and to, I guess, be born analytical, uh, or a, a more, I get, yeah, I guess analytical is the right word to, to analyze this a little bit more though. Cause I know many people ask me on Twitter, like, what do you think about the markets fitting in with the warriors? I don't think he's going to do it. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think the markets is really going to fit in, which is why I'm kind of happy. I didn't make a video overreacting to it because I don't think the markets is actually going to help them. They switch way too much on the, on the defensive. I end. disagree. They finally have a center who can stretch the floor, let alone be dominant down low. I mean, he doesn't have to do too much or have a high usage rate, but he will help them though. Well, let me let me let me let me say this. I don't think he's going to help them so much that it's going to make them just like outrageously. I mean, they're already, in my opinion, just outrageously dominant. But I don't think it's going to shift the tide so much so that it's going to make a, a big change. But because and the reason I said it is because defensively they like to switch, and he just he's not going to switch whatsoever on a defensive end and if he does it's not going to turn out as a positive out, outcome for the um warriors especially him coming off an Achilles injury you're saying that he's going to be dominant in the low post i'm not 100% sure about that as well because again he's coming off the injury that should probably alter the way that he plays i still think he's going to be a solid um three-point shooter but he has moments where he's inconsistent as well and they like to get up and down the court which is something that demarcus cousins even though he he does from time to time but again coming from that type of an injury i don't necessarily know what the outcome is going to be now it will be interesting though to see if he stays on that team because i think i think what a lot of people believe that this is just a one-year thing this might not be a one-year thing i think i think that injury may significantly change demarcus cousins entire career like I don't Bro, think them- you think every year of his career he's gonna take that kind of pay cut. That's a one year pay cut, and he's out. I think so. I think that that's uh, and, and maybe they not. Don't have so, money. I, I mean, let me like, rephrase that. I don't think he's gonna take a pay cut that significant every year. But I don't. I I can easily see him coming back this season, not playing all that well, still struggling with injuries to try to stay on the floor, and this year end up being a wash for him. I don't. I don't. To be honest with you, I can easily see him playing like twenty to 30 games getting hurt again and then having to just do a whole nother year of trying to stay healthy just so he can just so he can produce something of quality to show to the rest of the league that he's actually worth some type of money and so especially someone at his height and size he can come back get hurt again because he's trying to recalibrate his body end up getting the ring no one still doesn't give him the offers that he believes he's supposed to receive and just takes another mid-level exception or maybe a little higher uh like seven to eight million dollars next year because if i'm not mistaken both clay thompson well i know for fact clay thompson does but i think draymond comes off the books as well so he could end up doing that for another season so i don't i don't think this this may not be a one-year thing because i i really don't think boogie next year i don't even think he'll be a 20 and 10 guy i don't think he's going to be a 15 and 10 guy I think that DeMarcus Cousins next year might put up 12 to 13 points and grab eight rebounds and play around 
30 minutes at, at most. That's what I think DeMarcus Cousins may be. I think, I think 30 minutes is a stretch, but I think his numbers will be better than what you're saying, bro. I think his, I think that because in the last two years he developed a decent three-point shot, that it affords him some flexibility because if he was just like a scorer on offense and he couldn't shoot threes just mid-range and inside, then this injury would have just... Like, that would have been the most catastrophic thing for his career. But he's more versatile now as a player than he was in the past. And I think that more teams will be willing to, if he, and I don't think it will prove much, but if he does prove himself in Golden State, more teams will be willing to take a chance on him. So when you say that, what does he have to put up for somebody to take a chance on DeMarcus Cousins? Uh, I'd say like 15 and 10. That's like and really depends on the the minutes, right? But if you're getting like 25 minutes, then 15 and 10 is is solid. You want to make sure up, you're productive. If- I'm gonna tell you right now, putting up 15, putting up 15 points in 25 minutes is being probably what the fourth option on that team. I don't think he's gonna do that. I don't. Well, I just I just don't think that, score a lot, dude. I just don't think that they're gonna stop the flow of the offense just to throw him the ball in the post enough times for him to get a touches to be a threat inside and then for him to be even be a valuable threat on the perimeter. I just again I, I could be wrong, but the way that that injury works is is gonna alter the way that he's probably going to play for the rest of his career. Which is why when it happened, I think that I, I honestly when it happened, I I thought that meant too many people like just casually overlooked it. They were like, oh man, he'll that sucks, but man, he'll be back. And it's like, I don't know if he's going to be back. Like, I don't know about that. Y'all just casually saying he's going to be back. He might not be back. Like, that might have been, like, the last that we've seen of an elite-level DeMarcus Cousins. That's what I believe. Well, um, I hope not. But uh, it seems like that might be the case. I guess it all comes down to how hard he's willing to work to overcome said issues. Or sometimes it might just be inevitable. It's just what happens with injuries. It's a shame, Lo, that injuries even occur, man. True, true, true. Um, you know what's crazy, Lo? I was watching um I was watching like a boxing timeline over like the eighties and the nineties last night at my parents' house, and I was just watching like Mike Tyson and Sugar Ray Leonard and some of these like all time all time athletes just take blows to the head and deal blows to the head. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, these guys don't get injured. As often as you might think for people that literally get hit for a living. But basketball players, like, it's not nearly as much contact as you'll see in mixed martial arts or even just boxing. And yet there's so much injuries. And the injuries that the, that plenty of players receive are, are sometimes career-ending. And I just thought that was interesting. I, I would think that the MMA players, when you get put in a leg lock and they snap the shit out your ankle, you would think that that would be what ends their career. And there they are, right back in the ring a year later after rehab, going for the championship belt again. Um, has nothing to do with the podcast. I just thought that was an interesting thought. Also, uh, Jesus, man, Mike Tyson had a rough life, bro. I didn't, I didn't really know he had it like that, man. <laughs> you can do went to prison in his prime, man. That's the worst. You go to prison in your prime, man. You just gotta sit there in prison thinking about what could it what if, what if, what if. Anyway, um Lo, I wanna talk to you about the Houston Rockets because they've been up to something. Uh Lucas Mute dipped. Uh we know Trevor Reza dipped. And so now like they, they, they there's this vacancy and who's gonna fill it? There was rumors 
that Carmelo might be the person to fill it if OKC. Did they, did they figure out the buyout yet? It's already, like it's already, about it's already buyout. done. The buyout is already done, and Carmelo's. Um, I guess his the teams that are recruiting him, and I don't know what order this is in. I've just seen multiple people saying that Houston is at the top. Then you have Miami, LA, and the se- uh, second and third, and then um, New York. No, let me chill. No, <laughs> there's, an- think, there's another bro? team. I can't, I can't remember what team it was, but it's a- there's another team out there as well. I heard the Blazers were. I don't know if you brought them up. I forgot about that. That was that was a thing last year that Dame, for whatever reason, wanted to play with um Demarcus. Yeah, play, um, I don't know. He to play I with, um, no idea. Carmelo. Why, yeah. Let me. Right, let's, so where's okay. Melo landing, though? Where's he at? Okay, let's let's be honest. Let's be honest, because because we have to reevaluate Carmelo Anthony's career for like. The, you the might se- get the minimum because if he's getting a buyout, usually players get the minimum. Yeah, yeah, Remember oh, yeah, when not, they gave- here's here's the thing. I'm not even concerned about the money. I'm I'm legit concerned about just the player. As as a Raptors, as a Raptors fan, and you could potentially no, have somebody come off him. the bench for you, put up the. Would do you not want him? You wouldn't. I'd rather have Norman Powell. Okay, and I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. As <laughs> a as a Laker fan, I would not want Carmelo Anthony on my team. Just just to be just to keep it up front with you. And I'm and I mean we just obviously we're fans, but we we clearly know what Carmelo Anthony is about at this time at this point in his career. And that's really the sad point. It's not really. I mean, it's it's kind of messed up that Houston is at a point right now where their options have been dwindled down <laughs> to paying Carmelo Anthony to replace Trevor Reza and Luke Bamute. But I mean, that's just the reality of where they're at right now. And if they end up doing that, that that's going that's going to be tough because I honestly believe that's going to take them a step back, maybe maybe three step backs. Okay, that they, they're going to take a few <laughs> step backs to where they were at. Prior to, and I'm not talking about like little step backs. I'm talking about like James Harden, almost. I think a if anybody could check Melo though, because you know he's been pretty belligerent in the his inability to just be flexible. But he is sit it, on the but bench wait, can, can can Chris Paul? That's the that's the one thing. Can Chris Paul check Melo? That is that is the one thing I, that I've always thought that maybe Chris Paul and possibly even LeBron, which is why I'm kind of. Upset that LeBron could potentially talk himself and believing that he could talk Melo out of it. But I think Chris Paul might actually tell management and might actually be able to tell Melo, like, look, bro, let's just keep it a buck. You're not as good as you think you are. So this is what we, <laughs> this is what we need you to do. We need you to stand on the corner and when the ball gets swung your way, knock down the three, get back on the defensive end and give us some effort. That's it. We don't need you to spend on energy in a post. We don't need you to spend on energy trying to create your own shot. Every now and then, the offense breakdown, go ahead and do you. But all that other stuff, cut that out. Because I think Chris Paul believes he can talk himself into doing that. And if that's the case, if I'm a, if I'm a, um, if I'm a Houston fan, I'm not, I'm not really feeling that. I'm not feeling that at all. I'm not neither, but they're out of options. There was some rumors that went around that, the ownership of the Houston Rockets wasn't willing that they were almost kind of like being stingy because uh, of the luxury tax implications of doing all these big deals that they were rumored to be in, like they were in the chase for LeBron, for example. Uh, so the Houston Rockets are probably the team to watch moving forward because not only is the Carmelo rumors alive, but they're almost waiting for this Carmelo stuff so that they can deal with the Clint Capella stuff. Because apparently, according to rumors, Clint Capella is seeking 
uh, around a four-year, $100 million deal, similar to what Steven Adams got. But he was offered initially, and I don't know what's changed since in free agency, a four-year, $60 million deal. So that's a lot less. And he'll chase the money, and some team is going to give him that money if the Houston Rockets aren't willing to do it. So uh, since they got him on, they have him on bird rights. Yeah, yeah, they got him on bird rights. They got to re-sign Carmelo first and then hit Capella. And then they'll be so well over the cap, and it really depends how much they get Melo for. Do you remember when, Lo, do you remember when Josh Smith got that? I think it was a stretch provision with the Pistons. Yeah. And uh, he, he immediately got signed for like a minimum. And I was like, what? A minimum? That's Josh Smith. But, like, that's usually how it goes. You're getting paid by the other team all season anyway. So any team that's going to pick you up, especially one that's looking to get a championship, is likely to just pay you minimum. So they might not even need to wait until the Mellow deal is done to get Capella uh, if, if, if he's just going to get a veteran's minimum and sign with the team. Which, by the way, like, that's usually how people's career just takes a turn for the worse when they get let go or bought out from a team and they sign for a minimum with another team. That's usually when uh, the career is just about done. So if Melo does sign with the Rockets, is is likely going to be his last chance to win a championship. Unless he gets like a, that T-Mac contract where you just haven't been in the NBA for a minute and then the Spurs put you on the bench. You never play, but there was, a, there was almost a chance... He won a ring just sitting on the bench doing nothing but playing garbage time. Um, so, yeah, the Rockets are easily the most interesting team. There's a lot of rumors going around, and that small forward spot is looking a little sus right now. They need something. Even if it's not mellow, they need something. Yo, um, no no, no shots, but I, I he, uh, he a friend. I don't know he a friend of the show, but he's definitely somebody that, you know, I, I I know I've talked to him off um off camera and stuff like that. What, what off, are you talking about, love? My man Shake and Vape. Why are you bringing up Shake and Vape? Look, man, man all <laughs> cause his tweet his tweet just killed me. I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? First of all, well his tweet said Melo had eighteen points per game as a third option, career high in threes made. Stop acting like he's a bum. Please. Dude still got Oh, I saw you reply slush. to that. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw you reply to that on Twitter. Look, man. Look, look, look. And then, and this is I'm not I'm not trying to really get on Melo, but y'all already know I'm pretty sure a lot of y'all already know how I feel about Melo. It's it's not all about scoring. We got to get some defensive effort out of him. If he depending on what team he goes to, he needs to look to pass the ball way more than what he's doing right now. And if we're gonna keep it a buck, even when him scoring, which as a side note, it wasn't 18 points; it was 16 points. But even as he scores. He's a ball stopper and he's inefficient. Like Melo, that the one thing that always bothers me when it comes to talking about Melo is not really Melo. Some, I mean, sometimes it does, especially last year when he just said that he's not coming off the bench, which is just ridiculous. But a lot of times it just why at least a lot of times it's just fans. It's just like why do you still think that Melo is that good? He's just not. He's he's not as good as you're making him out to be. And it's not just about scoring. But even if we're just talking about it, Bromelo's impact on scoring has been dwindled down to inefficient and ball stopper. That's what it is. And so if he wants to leave a bigger impact and he wants to give himself an opportunity to win, he has to make adjustments in his game and in his attitude and the way that he addresses the teams that he's playing for and the role that he's going to receive on the roster. And it's going to be a significantly smaller role than what he's anticipating. That, I mean, that's why is, just, that's just why the is Dwayne Wade supposed? Dwayne Wade could do that. He could sit on the bench of the Miami Heat, get like twenty minutes per game, 
There's some games where he really doesn't do much at all. And he just understands that that's his role now. He's reached that point in his career, and he just wants to do what's best for the team. Carmelo does not help any team that he joins, and I don't think he'll help the Houston Rockets. For the Houston Rockets, Trevor Reza and Luke Charmbaugh Mute, they're just corner specialists, bro. They didn't really do much on the court, right? They sat at the three-point line, spotted up, made as many shots as they could. It's the highest percentage shot in basketball. But they, we but know. they played on defense, the defense, though, too. That, that's yeah, the yeah. so on the defensive end, they were also on point. So not, not only is Melo inefficient, incredibly inconsistent. He's unwilling to come off the bench so you lose that flexibility. And now you also have a massive ego in there who doesn't play defense neither. And so you can sit there and pretend like, oh, no, Chris Paul is going to push him to play. That's not how it works. You can't push someone to play defense if their entire career they prove that they're not a good defensive player. That's not how it works. I know, Lo, you sent me that tweet of uh, the Raptors head coach, Nick Nurse, talking about, yeah, we're going to put DeRozan on the best player on the other team. And I'm like, what? That's clearly not how it works, man. It's not a matter of will what? to yeah, improve. That's not going to work. That's not going to work, Agent. That is not. That's going to be a disaster. Can you imagine DeRozan <laughs> guarding Kevin Durant, Low? It's over. Agent, it's not you, a good look. Why, why is that not going to work, bro? I mean, sometimes you just got to step it up, man. <laughs> That's that was that was easily the dumbest thing I've heard. Come in a on, very Agent. Long time. Sometimes you just gotta step it up, man. <laughs> man, you're gonna be busy hiding Melo on defense, and then Melo's didn't it wasn't Melo the one, or was that Paul George who said he didn't want to play the power forward role? He preferred to play small forward or something like that. You just, I just, the Houston Rockets are desperate, so they are the only team I think that should even be chasing Melo, even if it's for a veteran's minimum. I just don't see how he's beneficial to any roster at all. Well, if he goes to the Trailblazers, what's he gonna do? Huh? If I mean, he goes to, I, if I'm, I don't, they, they may also I'm, convince I'll themselves wait. that it may be a good thing. But all I know is that a team in um, in OKC that honestly they don't really have that much bench depth. I mean, they're they're going to either have to start Patrick Patterson or Grant at the power forward position next season. So that's going to cut into their depth as well. Like they they were willing to cut their depth just to give, I mean just just to really and they they gave Carmelo Anthony just to get money rid of him. to leave. Yes, yes. They gave Carmelo Anthony to leave. That's that's if, crazy. They, if someone pays you twenty eight million dollars to no longer play for your team, you probably like you gotta reconsider something. Like you gotta sit there, reflect, put on the Spotify playlist that you've been waiting for. And just think about how it might be time for you to sit on the bench or take less shots or take smarter shots. And, and we got hyped last year because all that Hoodie Mellow. T- well, I didn't, but I guess it was a meme on the internet. The Hoodie Mellow. Oh, my God. Oh, they should just let Mellow play in a hoodie. We thought he was going to come with fire last year. And so many times people gave him chances. And every single time he used those chances to throw up a game-winning brick or to hop on the post-game press conference talking about, <laughs> you hear this guy? <laughs> I'm not sitting on no bench. But it's like you're putting up bench numbers. You're putting up bench stats. You're playing like a bench player. How you expect to not only get paid $28 million, but then also be a priority on the team that you're... What's the opposite of helping? Making worse. I'm trying to think of one word. Lo, <laughs> help me out here, man. Get the worse. <laughs> He's making them worse, Lo. I, if, hey, raise your hand right now if you want Melo on your team this season. Honestly, I don't no one really know. I saw. I was looking that's, at them. That's Nobody also the scary hand. part. How many teams are actually calling Melo like, yo, we want you, bro? Like, that's that's kind of scary, bro. That's scary. And you know what's sad, though? He was one of my favorite players growing up, man. 
Oh, man, when he went to the Knicks, everything kind of just fell apart. I can't root for the Knicks, man. Wow. Can't do it. And, and then going, But going back to the whole um, Houston thing that we started off with, on top of the fact that they may end up getting mellow, the fact that they may also end up losing Clint Capella, Bro, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a massive blow on, on that on that team, bro. How do you even recover from that? Let's just talk about that, Lo. If they get mellow, all right, so they fix... Well, you can call it fix the small forward I issue. I was about to say, they ain't fixing nothing. <laughs> but now we have an issue at center where they might even have to run lineups where, like, Ryan Anderson, is he going to be running center now? Or what's going to happen? They're going to have to really stretch. I, I don't know because I feel like... I know, many pe- I know many people are saying that, well, there was moments in the final and one well, of the conference finals where they couldn't put Capella on the floor just because of the, the the defensive assignments and his inability to space out the floor and stuff like that. A, I honestly believe they really don't need that much more. They don't need that much spacing. I mean, they they have three-point shooting, or at least they had three-point shooting at every position except for the five. So it's yeah, not that big he was definitely deal. not the problem. And, yeah. and on top of that, the, the biggest thing that Capella brought to the table was really defense. I know there was other people in line to win defensive player of the year, but honestly, I feel like Capella should have... We'll see a little bit more defensive player of the year um, uh, looks, especially on the defensive team. But Capella defensively was anchoring that team. And if you lose them, if you lose him, uh, and then obviously they already lost Ariza and um, Lubai Mute. If you lose all of those pieces defensively at the exact same time, a team that I've always questioned how exactly they're going to, how exactly um, good they will be defensively because obviously D'Antoni is coaching them and he spends so much time on the offensive end, or at least that is that's that's just D'Antoni's um that's his MO is not to really be concerned about the defensive end. It, as much as you know, we, we try to, you know, overlook what they brought to the floor, it def- defensively is what they brought to the floor, and that right there made a huge difference and on the impact like, that they had. Let's be clear, though, they weren't just a good defensive team, they were a great, fantastic yeah, defensive team exactly. last year. And so if he's the core of that and you lose him, the second you start having inconsistencies on offense, expect that lead to dissipate immediately. It is not going to stick around because you won't be making nearly as many stops. And there's very little, there's only a handful of centers in the league or just big men who who you can throw down in the paint and just see immediate impact from. Like, let's just, Anthony Davis, uh Maybe Draymond Green. I don't, know. I don't even know if I'll put him. Gobert for sure. Joel Embiid. That's probably about it, man. Unless I miss somebody. And, the, That's, and maybe Steven Adams. And, the, yeah, and so far, the interesting part about it is that both of them, it's almost like they're playing, or at least it, it seems like the Houston Rockets, they're trying to give him as much as they possibly can without overpaying him, where Clint Capella is really trying to find his market value. Because it is. it's also very interesting that no one really hasn't given him what he wanted. And so what it comes across is that a lot of, I think a lot of organizations around the league are starting to recognize that they may have actually overpaid, not may, they definitely overpaid They have yeah. a lot, a lot of players over the last two years. And so even though, like you said, like you stated earlier, Steven Adams received a very similar contract, if not the same, I think now teams are looking at like, well, the cap isn't spiking as much as we projected it was going to. And players like Steven Adams and Clint Capella, they're not really worth a four-year, $100 million contract. So Capella believes that that's what he's supposed to get because that's what players are receiving over the last two years. But the reality is that that's not... They were just getting overpaid. I think, he's, I think he is getting offers, though, though. I think, I think, he's, I think he's getting offers, leveraging. too. I think he's getting offers, too, but they're just not what he believes that he's supposed to be getting. That's I think that's it, though. 
I I mean, I guess so, or else he would have just agreed to a deal already. But maybe part of it is that he wants to stay with the Rockets and win a championship. And so if, let's say, uh, they already have DeAndre. Let's say the Mavericks offer him a better deal than the Houston Rockets are. He's going to be like, hey, the agent's going to be like, look what we got here, man. And they're going to try and use the law of anchoring, get get their sales tactics on point. And if he has a fantastic agent, and I know all the NBA players are assigned to like the same four agents, like a game of NBA 2K, then I think he'll get the deal he wants. And I think he will end up getting the money. Even though like we've we've definitely heard those quote-unquote rumors that were denied that the owners were uh, antsy about the luxury tax. And of course they are, by the way. We never talk about it, low. But yeah, the owners don't want to pay additional hundreds of millions of dollars in tax. That's crazy, right? I know they make a lot of money owning a team, and then obviously the value of the team increases as you go on year over year. So they're making bank regardless, but you're asking people to like tens and if not hundreds of millions of dollars on tax. So yeah, it's not crazy to assume they're going to sit there and when they're having conversations with one another, think to themselves, yo, how can we avoid luxury tax? Nobody's voluntarily going to dive in luxury tax, right? Yeah. We saw, wasn't it Miami like a couple years ago made like a, a barrage of deals and trade deadline? Or was it in a free agency to avoid the luxury tax and save themselves a ton of money or something? Yep, yep, yep. Um, that happens like a lot of people think anytime somebody is not willing to spend the most that they're being stingy. And, oh, you see what happened to OKC? I mean, that's going to happen again to you guys if you're not willing to spend the money. But sometimes like... When you spend too much money like the Nets and you're paying someone like Alan Crabb $18 million, you're already locking yourself in a bind. You have very little flexibility because, like, for example, the Houston Rockets have Ryan Anderson stuck on their roster and they can't find anybody to take him because nobody's willing to hang on to that massive-ass contract he got him. So I guess it's just that. You never really know when where Clint Capella is going to be in, like, two to three years. And last thing you want is another contract that you can't move on your team. And, low, let's be honest, right? Not every team has Masai Ujiri as general manager, right? So you can't just dish away those Andrea Bragnani contracts left and right. It's a lot harder this for other general right, managers. Bro. All That's right, since so you, so you got to bring up your team, what, what is your team doing, bro? Because we, 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 we need, we need, we need, a, we need a Raptors update every single podcast because y'all still have bum-ass Kyle Lowry and bum-ass DeMar, De, DeMar DeRozan on your roster. So what's going on, bro? Oh, hey, uh, not much, man, you know? The team isn't really set to do anything in the next two years, right? 2020 is supposed to be the make it or break. So we got to wait two years to see Masai Ujiri, the great Masai. The- no, listen, listen, Lil, bro. You're not listening, man. The way they set up the team, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan's contracts both expire on the same year. They're going to have a ton of cap space open up in the 2020 year. But why, so but why wait gonna, that long, though? If we already know Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan are not going to cut it, why are we waiting? But I haven't, but I haven't finished. So they're going to try and build on whatever they have now. And, or if they get like a lucrative enough offer, maybe even make a deal for one of those core players. Uh, but if nothing pans out in 2020, you could almost start fresh. But starting fresh is like, like that's ground zero, right? You've made it so far and every year they've built on the last and they've made improvements. Did they but build on the seems- last? I mean, you still getting knocked out in the second round. Is that building on the last? Lo, I'm tired of this disrespect, but I'm tired of these Bleacher Reports articles where they mention, they're like, who's going to take the East? And they got a picture of Giannis, Kyrie Irving, and Joel Embiid. And I'm just sitting there like, what? Are we just going to never put the Toronto Raptors on any of these photos of who's going to win? Well, let's be, let's be clear here. Y'all continuously underperforming in the postseason 
I don't know why you think you should expect respect if y'all keep underperforming. Lo, did you know the 76ers almost got swept out of the playoffs from a team that wasn't the Cleveland Cavaliers? Do you know that that exact same team without Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward took the, the same Cavs team that y'all, got, y'all actually got swept by to seven games? And the, and, wait, wait, and the you do you also know that the Milwaukee Bucks took that team to seven games as well? You do know that, right? <laughs> don't give the Milwaukee Bucks credit; they had a bad year all around. All, all, on, all I'm saying is that you why I don't know why you think you I don't know why we keep going into this conversation and you believe that y'all are going to. Rest- I'm just saying if you're going to put Giannis on on the little photo for your little article, just hey put Kyle on there too. But why? Put but Kyle why? But why are we putting? I mean. They obviously not the face of the Eastern Conference. I mean, they're not even top twenty-five players, though. I mean, we had to sit through and list the top twenty-five. I've already to done. I already. I have my top thirty list already out. Also, people, people oh. be hitting me in my DMs. Wait, 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 wait. wait. When'd you put it out? I just, put, I just put like part of my top fifty list on Twitter. People be hitting me in my DMs asking me like, "Yo, why, uh, why you ain't doing your top thirty list?" But yo, that's that's another um, that's a whole another story. We're, we're saving that. We're saving that for the off season, of course. We're already in the off season, agent. Nah, but this is like this is an action-packed podcast, bro. When like when it's when it's three weeks from now, and all we have to talk about like is a summer league or like what LeBron's new hairstyle is gonna be, bro. I'll drop that list. So sure, uh, we'll keep it lit then too. Speak, you know? Speaking of summer league, I don't know if you've been watching, but Kevin Knox, no, I Kevin Knox, yo. So tell me about him because I heard uh, who's that center that always talks shit for the Knicks? Tweeted about him saying he's nice. Who, Enos Kanter? He came from the he came from the Thunder. What's his name? Enos Kanter. That that piece of shit. I heard him tweet about How it. How was he? Uh, Man, chill so, out, chill out, Enos Kanter. So just, I mean, sorry, I didn't mean to call him. He's, he's probably a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, Enos, Very, Kanter, uh, Enos Kanter is nice. Enos Kanter is nice. Um, okay. Yo, Kevin. So Knox, tell me about this Knox guy. I know man. it's only summer league people. I know, like everybody gonna be like, oh, hello, it's your summer league. I get it. But Kevin Knox is like a scoring machine. Like he he's out there like. Putting up numbers and it ain't, and he's like making it come across as like very easy, which means that he's probably going to be poised to be very productive in his rookie season in the NBA if he's making it look easy against other rookies right now. And if that's the case, I'm not going to lie, New York fans, y'all got something to, y'all got something going for yourselves because heading into the um, draft and even headed after, after they selected Knox to Knicks. The one thing I was concerned about, because everybody, a lot of people were concerned about his three point shooting. I really wasn't concerned about that because three point, his three point shot in his form didn't look that bad. And he, he struggled from time to time, but I really wasn't concerned about that. I was really concerned about his versatility on a defensive end and his ability to create his own shot. And not, not really just create his own shot, but just like penetrate and handle the ball. And, um, wait, wait, wait. Was this the guy they booed? Yeah. I'm I mean, curious. but they, but they boo, they boo every, they boo somebody every year. Every year they boo somebody. I don't think, yo, Knicks fans don't deserve it. Take New York out of that city, bro. I mean, take, take the Knicks out of New York. In fact, just take New York out of New York while you're at it. I can't believe these fans, bro. Who's giving them t- these tickets? They just boo everybody? Who's the guy they passed up? Who's the guy they wanted out of curiosity? Everybody, everybody, everybody at that time wanted, um, Michael Porter Jr. Oh my! What that guy that wasn't even top ten projected? You told me right. That, That's that no, guy. No, the guy. Well, the guy who was projected top ten, but then he got hurt and he then, got injured. He yeah, he dropped all the way to the Denver Nuggets. Um, but uh, you know what you need to do to have a successful draft flow? Just see the guys New York fans don't like. Draft that guy. He'll probably be really good. All I know is you know Michael Porter Jr. I mean um Kevin Knox. He looking nice. He's he knocking down threes. 
He looks he looks solid on the defensive end. There's moments where he's still kind of lost, but I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's playing with a whole bunch of other rookies. And when he handles the ball, even though he penetrates, he's definitely somebody who's just like driving right and he's just trying to like penetrate as much as he possibly can. And uh, he's he's like he's really just going one direction. He's either driving right or driving left. There's not that much change in direction. And for somebody his size, you're probably not going to expect too much change. But he's obviously just he's just barging into the lane. I don't necessarily know how right, that's. I don't know how that's going to work out in the NBA when he's playing up against better defenders and smarter defenders, and there's going to be a lot of more players around his size defending him. But right now, but he looking he looking really really nice. He looking really good. And so, so um, let me bring you down to earth, Law. Last year, the two standout players in the summer league, because I, I watched maybe too much summer league last year, was no other than Fred Van Fleet and Bryn Forbes. No, they Bryn weren't. They were him, not the two. Shut the fuck up, Agent. They were. I was watching no, they all weren't. the games, it was, it bro. Was, it was Kyle, Kyle I, Kuzma was easily the one of the bet, um, probably uh-uh. the first or second. No, 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 no. Yes, it was. Bro, he, ended up, I would he, ended watch... up, he ended up receiving the um, Summer League MVP. What are you talking about? That Summer League MVP is all hype. It's like the real MVP when they gave it you're, to Westbrook and Harden. I can't, I can't talk to you, Agent. You're just stupid. You, you, I don't know what you're talking about right now. Shout out to Bryn Forbes because he just re-signed with the Spurs. I think he's a solid player. And uh, shout out to Fred Van Fleet because he also just resigned. Man, you, but I'm just trying to say Fred that, Van like, Vliet. Oh if my God, anything, stop, stop. you need to wait till you need to wait till the preseason to get a bit, a little Bro, bit of a better idea. And then talking uh, about Fred Van Vliet in the summer league last year. I'm just saying that he was a standout player last year. I'm not. So I'm get agent, a little agent, too excited look, about listen, Kevin listen, Knox, listen. man. I'm not talking about somebody who's having just one or two get good games. I'm talking about someone who's. Right now, in the Summer League, I get it, people, it's the Summer League, but Kevin Knox is easily the best player in the Summer League right now. Easily. And I don't even think it's, like, relatively close to the second, which may be Aiton. And shout-out to Trey Young. He finally had a solid game. But outside of this... <laughs> I saw that. He, yeah, he, that fi- he finally had a good game. Jesus Christ. But Fred um, Fred Van Vliet, no, it, it was definitely Kyle Kuzma. And I'm not... And I'm not necessarily saying that Kyle Kuzma. It wasn't. Maybe maybe you just watched specifically only ever the Lakers. No, Kyle games, Kuzma so. won the Summer League MVP. Like, what are you? Uh, no, stop. No, 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 no. That doesn't stop, hold stop, any stop, value. Stop. Does not hold any value. And man. I'm not. I'm not necessarily saying that Kyle Kuzma is a great player right now. But if the if you're able to translate your game that quickly against other great rookies in the NBA, and you already look like a standout player. That that's great news for the Knicks, and not only is it great news for them because they got talent, but they they got talent at a position that they desperately needed. Kevin Knox can play both the small forward, the power forward spot. It looks like he's able to stretch out the floor, create his own shot, penetrate to the lane. Obviously, he's a he's a little rough around the edges, but he's a really solid athlete. The way he's dunking the ball is impeccable. Is he's going up really nice and strong. And I, and I like that. Um, shout out to Aiden. He had a good, solid moments here and there. Like I said, Trey Young finally had a good, um, he had, he had one good summer league game. Another player that is, um, uh, that I'm, that I, that I've seen so far is Wendell Carter. And I said he's going to be a sleeper. So continue to be on the lookout for Wendell Carter. I think placing him next to marketing is going to be fine. He had one game where he had like three or four blocks. He was great anticipation, great rotation, which is always good, especially if you're playing up against or you're playing with other rookies who may not be that well-rounded on a defensive end. So I like his his level. Hey, of- Lo, I have a really important question, bro, to cut you off. 
What's that? Is Anthony Bennett in the summer league, bro? Stop. And I so I like I like the fact that his rotations and him able I'm to read him, him able to read his offensive assignments and come with the help defense is correct. And um, I, th- I think that's is he it. in the is he in the summer league though? No, he's. I don't think he's in the summer. Why, why would he be in the summer league agent? No, because he's not in the NBA. No. <laughs> so um, where are people he, that he trying might, to get so crazy? Someone needs to do like an update on Anthony Bennett. He might be over overseas or something like that. But um, yo, low, do that shit, bro. It'll blow up. They'll do it before the podcast drops. Someone can get the idea and do the video. Wow, this guy right here. Do like where where did he go? Or I'd seen those videos before. Like where has he been? Or what happened to Anthony Bennett? Uh, but yo, yeah, the summer league it's been solid. It, obviously, I think you think I'm joking, low. Make that video, bro. Um, can't we? Can we finish the podcast? No, bro. Get on that. Anyway, the summer league has been has been solid. I've been I've been pleasantly surprised by a good handful of the players. Also, Jonathan Isaac has looked really good. Like he's looked really, really good in the summer league as well. Nice um Oh, he's in the D League. I keep cutting you off. He plays for the main Red Claws. <laughs> I love it. Okay, keep going. Sorry. Um Jonathan Isaac, he's been really solid as well at handling the ball. Him and Bamba had a few pick and rolls and pick and pops that I, I enjoyed. And um Jonathan Isaac had a few they weren't really low posts. They were like mid posts. I don't, I wouldn't even go as far as saying they were like high to elbow posts, but some, some post play action on the wing and fading away on people. And it looks extremely fluid. Having a lineup between Bamba, Gordon and Isaac is going to be interesting moving forward, especially since they got rid of, um, Bismat Biamba, which is something that I was always concerned about because I just didn't necessarily know how they were going to play that. Whoa, lineup, so. Can I cut you off again? This is really important. Go ahead, go ahead. There are six players on the main Red Claws that score more points per game than Anthony Bennett. <laughs> are you, are you There's done? There's six players in his own team, not in the league, on his own team that scored more than him last season per game. Priceless. Okay, keep going. But yeah, it's it's been an um, interesting summer league, though, because um, some of the players I was really concerned about and they're looking fine, and um, it seems as if um, it seems as if some some teams actually got the players that they needed. Because I think the Knicks needed needed um, Kevin Knox to actually be the player that he ended up being. He, they, I think the Knicks needed Kevin Knox to be the player that he's end up being right now. And also, um, shout out to Dallas because they finally bought out Luka Doncic um, contract. So shout out to him. how much was it? I'm not 100% sure, but I just knew he was on, he was, he was still on the contract, which is a, a massive problem for a lot of teams or not, maybe not a lot of teams, but he was definitely uh, a problem nah, yeah. for some teams. Same thing happened with Jonas Valanciunas. He played like two years in Lithuania before he came. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Uh, back to this Anthony Bennett talk. Interestingly enough, though, he's shooting 41% from three, which is really good. Uh, I don't, it, it, in the G League, do they have the three-point line at college line, high school line? No, or no, it's, is it, it's no, NBA, right? This is the regular three-point three, three point line. How many is he making, oh, though? Yeah, I, I, went to the, I went to the Chicago D League arena, I remember. How many, how many, how many, how many really, is he making, though? Uh, he's shooting eight per game, so oh, it's like his highest volume on his whole team. He's, is he a sharpshooter all of a sudden? God damn. Wow. Okay. So that, so that must not too bad. So that must mean he's really trash. Why does that mean he's trash? Because if, <laughs> he's, if he's shooting that well and there, there's no one who still wants him in the league, that means he's really trash. I mean, not necessarily because if you, there's there's at least four other players on his team shooting over 40% from three. Oh, um, then that's just a, no that's one, a normal thing then in the, in the D-League then. 
maybe the defense just isn't like, you know, they don't have Giannis closing out on them every time they come up with the ball. But there's a guy called Abdel Nader who's leading that team with 21.3 hey, points. Hey, Nader, I know what it is. You, are you serious or are you just lying to me right now? N- N-A-D-E-R? Yeah. I think he played for the Celtics. I might be mistaken. Okay. Well, he only played four games, so I don't really know. That's a fair sample size. I guess players move around a lot in the D League, so it's tough to get like consistent minutes for any one player. Um, but yeah, that oh, wow. Okay, that's that's some information nobody wanted to know, but now you do know about Anthony Bennett. Yeah. Nice. No. No one. No one did not want to. Um. No one did know. No one. His, no one didn't want to know about his, that. His team is seventeen wins and thirty three losses. <laughs> Okay, let me stop. Jesus. Let me stop. It's not funny, bro. His whole career fell apart because he got drafted too high. All he needed was to get drafted at like 13 or 15, and he would have been fine. Would he have been? Living no, a good wait, life. wait, wait. Let's, let's, let's pause. Would he have been? Honestly. Yes, I think so. No, because it's not, it's not, not like, when the, you Cavs, get drafted it's not like first. the Cavs are the only team that gave him an opportunity. You're right. There's I mean, hey, the great Masai signed, tried to sign him, right? To the D League. No, I'm just saying, but the great Maasai gave him a chance too, right? To the D League. I'm just saying the great Maasai, he the great Maasai tried to buy on some of that Anthony Bennett stock, right? And it and it just failed on Actually, he did it he did it for selfish reasons because Anthony Regar- Bennett. Regardless is of how you want to cut it a slice or how you ever want to say it, yo your guy, Maasai, tried to go after that man. And it didn't work after him. So it's not like He put him in the D League low. It's it's not like the the Cavs are the only team that gave him an opportunity. There's a lot of teams that gave him the opportunity to be be a productive player in the NBA. It's just that I don't I sincerely don't believe he's good enough. I just don't think he's good enough to be in the league. That's all. Who do you think is a better player, him or Greg Oden? Let me stop. Well, all right. That's enough. That's enough stuff. right there. Uh I wanted to talk to you about something, but I forgot what it was, man. It was important. It was really important. You know so crazy? I thought about it too. I was like, man, this is something I wanted to say. And you brought up all this other stupid stuff, and I don't even know what it is anymore. Oh, here's what I want to talk to you about. There was a, a so Marcus Smart has, is is still in negotiations. I guess like you know all the big free agents have fallen, so now we're talking Actually, about no, you know I, I, I'm, thank you for bringing up Marcus Smart because that, now that reminds me of who I wanted to talk about. Really, I just want to talk about all the free agents what? that are left. That's that's what I want to talk about. Oh, okay, I thought you were talk about a different player. Oh no no no. Yeah, all the all the free agents that are left, Marcus Smart is one of those players, so we can we can talk about him and I'll talk about the other people. So well, what about Marcus Smart? On a free agency fo- a podcast, you forgot that we're also going to talk about other free agents than DeMarcus and Carmelo Anthony? Yeah, cuz I, yes. I I to be honest with you, I think I and maybe half of the league have forgot about Jabari Parker. <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I I haven't yeah. heard any news on anybody signing Jabari Parker. I wouldn't sign him. Would you sign him? You want a player that can show up for you every single day. Be consistent. That player is Chris Middleton. Remember last year when I said Chris Middleton was going to be better than Jabari Parker? And everyone was like, did you remember when Jabari, he just had to deal with some injuries, but he's going to be back and better? And I'm like, bro, I'm telling you, bro, Chris Middleton is that guy. Chris Middleton's that guy. I don't know who would want Jabari, to be honest. Bucks fans, maybe, because they like, you know, they had, they've been with him for a few years. They grew that love already. Would, why would, would you want Jabari on the Lakers, though? I wouldn't want him on the Raptors. What does he provide? I mean, it, it, depend, it depends on how much money he's willing to take. I, I would take a risk on Jabari. But so let's say it just depends. $15 million a year. How much? $15 million. $15? Yes. Hell no. 15. What the hell? Damn. 
Because that was what Marcus Smart was rumored to get. Well, Marcus Smart isn't injured every year. So, yeah, he, yeah Marcus Smart could get that. Why am I paying Jabari? Okay. Why would I pay Jabari Parker 15 mil? So, what would you pay Jabari Parker if you're a general manager? 7 to 10. <laughs> Anyone would take him for 7, bro. 7 equals no risk. Van Fleet signed for nine, my guy. Come on. That's what that's that's what I'm saying. Like if and if he can he can do a um a Nerlens Noel type of deal where like you just sign for a year or two and you try to prove yourself and then if everything works out for you everything works out for you and and obviously it'll work out for me as well then we can come back to the negotiation table and restructure a new deal for you. But that usually doesn't work out for players. Rondo's been doing that for like five six years now. Yeah, but I still I still feel like if that was if that's what I was wanting to do, I would do that. That that's what I would do. But if it's huh. if it's if we're borderline fifteen, I just feel like I could spend fifteen fifteen million dollars in a uh way more productive way. <laughs> just a way more productive way. That's what that's what the Rockets were initially offering Capella, right? Fifteen times four, sixty. Yeah. Interesting. And, and, and if they're trying to get away with paying him fifteen, you think I should get try to get away with paying Jabari Parker fifteen? No, that's too much. That's too much. If I'm his agent, I'm just saying that's what I'm asking for. And then people are gonna be like, "Ah, oh, but he's unreliable." And like they go pretty hard in those negotiations, low. And it's good you have an agent because it's difficult. It'd be tough to hear that stuff because really, if I'm sitting across from you in the negotiations table and you're the player, low, I'm naming all the reasons why you're worth less. So I can get a better deal. And then you and your agent are naming all the reasons why you're worth more in all the things you provide. And so it could be almost like, I feel like it applies some tension to whatever relationship. Because, and and this happened with the Blue Jays. And so I know it happens. It just rarely ever gets public. Marcus Stroman, a pitcher for the Blue Jays, went on Twitter to uh, voice his almost disgust or maybe the better word is disappointment with the Blue Jays because of how their negotiations went. And I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand how it works in baseball. And someone listening probably understands it better than me. But they have negotiations pretty frequently about contracts. There's, it's, it's a lot more complex. And I didn't even want to understand it. But I just thought to myself, this is the first time we've seen a player come out in the public and just say like he almost felt offended that this family that he fought for was saying all that stuff about him in negotiations just to get a better deal. And keep in mind, Lo, uh, in the NBA, while we have a cap, we have to deal with a soft cap. In MLB, you could pay whatever you want to players. And so there was no reason to do that to him aside from the fact that they just wanted to save some money. Um, but anyway, it's just an interesting thought. I'd be interested to know like, if, if whatever reason like all of the NBA leaks just came out in one day, I'd be super curious... Who left the team because a negotiation went super bad? And with whom? Now that I would love to find out about, but like that would never leak. Nobody would ever leak that. Not the agent or the player. Uh, they just keep that to themselves. Anyway, I just keep going on these rants. Yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. about but um, yeah, Jabari Parker, 7 to 10 million for me. Hopefully he, he finds. How much would you pay Marcus Smart? 10 to 12. I can't. I can't pay Marcus Smart fifteen. I agree with twelve. I think twelve yeah, is a good amount. 10, ten to twelve, maybe even like thirteen. Um. Uh, also, who's left on the um free agent board is Isaiah Thomas, 
Wayne Ellington. I forgot about him. Yeah. Now that's somebody everybody forgot about. Yep. Um, Isaiah Thomas, Wayne Where, Ellington, Ronnie Hood, Gray Monroe, Jaleel Okafor, and I think Nick Young is actually signed, so I don't know if he's still a free agent, but Nick Young, if if not, if I'm mistaken. Yeah, where do you think Isaiah Thomas is going? Jesus, he's only relevant. Well, if the, the rumors have been Orlando, because Orlando, they, they still need a guard. So that's that's been the rumors. How much do you think he's going to make? Wow. If you asked this like a year ago, the number would have been so different. I don't know, but if if Orlando is the team that's willing to pay him, probably a lot more because they're stupid. Yeah, exactly. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if it's somewhere between fifteen to twenty. Hey, <laughs> imagine paying Isaiah Thomas twenty million. Yeah, I, w- I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I, I, you know, what's so crazy. I think Wayne Ellington and Rodney Hood. They're they're too solid of players for them to still be available. And and another thing that's interesting as well about Ronnie Hood with the Cavs, depending on what direction they want to swing in, I don't think it's that far fetched for them to be a team that's still making the playoffs. I think I think I don't know if we. I think they will. I don't know if we said this in the last podcast that I deleted, <laughs> or if we said this before. You, we did. Yeah, okay, we totally so yeah. Did, yeah. Okay, this is a conversation that we're, um, we're going to try to act like we didn't have this conversation. But so, yeah. So if All right, so just introduce them. If if. If the Cavs want to continue to compete, which to be completely honest with you, I don't necessarily know if they're they're willing to, and it really wouldn't make any sense because it would lead into basically first to second round exits in the Eastern Conference. But if the Cavs wanted to compete, signing back Rodney Hood isn't that crazy. However, Rodney Hood and Wayne Ellington still being available is is it's a little suspect to me because if I'm any team in the NBA that needs some perimeter play. Like, if I'm Milwaukee and I don't have to sign back... This is a great example. If I'm Milwaukee and I'm not signing back Jabari, why am I not just going after Rodney Hood? Maybe they want to get Malcolm Brogdon some minutes and they don't really need Wayne Ellington. But if... I mean, but that would, that would eat in your depth if, if Brogdon is now getting starting minutes. I, I mean, I guess so. I'm, I'm just trying to think of some excuses of why not. But I'm just, I'm, just throwing, I'm just throwing examples of like a team that if if you're not signing Jabari and you're kind of getting to that point where it's, it doesn't really make any sense for you to sign Jabari, why not just go after Wayne Ellington or Rodney Hood um, and just try to put them put them on your roster? Because well, Rodney Hood has a little bit of a reason, right? Ever since the deal with. Him not wanting to come in with the playoffs against the Raptors because it was garbage time. I think if I was a general manager, I'd have questions about what his focus is. He's not all about the team if he's opposing coming in the basketball game just because it's not prime time. It's garbage. That, that's that's very true. However, on the flip side, and I'm not trying to sit here and act like that's acceptable because it's not. But if if um, Rodney Hood is coming to the Milwaukee Bucks, especially if Jabari Parker isn't there. He's going to be receiving more than just garbage time minutes because they would they would need more perimeter active yeah, players. For sure. And so if I could continue to just keep those type of players on my roster, then I, I'm, I'm completely secure with that. On, also on the flip side of things, if you're the Lakers, why would you not try to just and I know probably LeBron doesn't want to play with another year Rodney Hood. Right. But if, if you're the Lakers, why not just try to go after um, Wayne Ellington? If you're. I don't necessarily know San Antonio's situation financially. Why would you not go? But if you if if I'm San Antonio, why would you not go after uh, Wayne Ellington? If you're Indiana, or et cetera, et cetera, right? I just feel like there's teams that need 
six five to six eight players who can stretch out the floor and Rodney Hood on a good defensive team could also give you some defensive productivity as well. So those players, I don't understand why, especially, you know, shout out, shout out to the, um, but as I cut myself off, shout out to the Kings. Y'all out here playing chess while other people playing checkers. I, I don't know how the Kings basically punked the bulls to give in Zach Levine, that contract. That is, that that is by far the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. If if you were the Bulls, just let him go. Because again, that's another great example of what exactly are what exactly are you thinking you're going to get from Zach Levine? Honestly, because if Zach Levine comes back and because you're they basically are paying Zach Levine like he's going to be their star athlete. And I don't think Zach Levine is a star athlete level cal- level player. If Zach Levine comes back and all he is is a, a 15 to 17 point score, why would you not just get Rodney Hood? Like stuff like that. That's what I'm talking about. Like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That's cool. Maybe they, they see the potential in him though. Maybe more than Rodney Hood. Yeah. And, and, and uh, maybe people still hope he's maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's a possibility. I just don't know. But. Zach Levine, I know last year he's coming off an injury, so it's not it's not fair to look at his numbers. But even before, I know people are going to say, well, he was a borderline twenty point scorer in Minnesota, which is true. But I don't necessarily there could be a possibility he's just putting up empty stats in Minnesota. That's a huge possibility. But if you needed a three and D guy on the perimeter, I would much rather just cut my losses with Zach Levine allow Sacramento to get significantly worse because I I can't believe they got away with what they just did. Allow Sacramento to just tie up their money and then just move on Rodney Hood and keep it pushing. Cause that right there would have, that definitely is a, I'm a cut my ties type of a move. That's what that was. I was like, all right, y'all got him then. If y'all, if y'all really want him for Max, y'all got him. Cause we're not playing, paying Max. You know what that's like, Lo? You know when you're playing Monopoly and then you put up like, uh, you put up a property for auction and then you know it deep down you don't really care. Yo, we'll lead. Oh, okay. Yo, tell me, bro. I thought there was a murderer in the house, man. Jesus. <laughs> this man right here. So, I don't know what I was saying, bro. I thought I was going to die, man. What were we talking about, though? Oh, oh no, auction. Bro. Yeah, Yo, it's just like you've been up. You, you know you're not going to buy it, but you just up the price a little bit so that the guy that really wants it is going to pay more. You play the game, you know? It's a little dangerous because if they don't. Yeah, if they don't, match I would have, and I would have, I would have allowed, I would allow the Sacramento. They trying to play the game, they gonna get played. Cause I'm not, I'm not paying Zach Levine. I'm not paying him that much. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know why anybody would. I would, honestly, I would reconsider if I paid him like half that amount. I'd be like, ooh, I don't know, man. <laughs> so he got paid. Zach Levine actually got offended. I don't know if you caught it on Twitter. A reporter was like, a reporter was basically saying what we're saying, like. I don't know if he's gonna live up to that contract. And Zach Levine was like, "You look, mind your own business." You know, like he's almost like maybe he's sensitive about the fact that he's gonna have to live up to a lot now. Is when you when you get a big money contract like that. Well, first of all, congratulations, you get in the bag. Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. But yo, two, yo, congratulations to a brother. I ain't, I ain't look. I ain't gonna never. I ain't gonna never front on no brother getting his bread. You know. Okay, what I'm you're saying? being weird. Stop being weird. I ain't gonna um, front on a young king getting that cheddar, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Stop, dude. But yeah, you got a lot more to live up to, and everybody knows that. So just that's what comes with the big paycheck. 
That's a fact. So, and I, and I hope it's, I, I'm definitely not, you know, I'm not, I'm not even anticipating him to be a bad player because there definitely is some talent there, but just, I think that's about, I think it was a four year, $78 million contract. So that's about, that's a little under 20 million a year on average. Oh, I thought it was 80 million. Say word. Well, for, I mean, I said 78. So two, 0.2 million. That's off. a lot of money, low. What could you do with $2 million right now? It's not two million. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm bugging. But <laughs> what the? <fuck? laughs> You're an accountant, low. What are you? Oh my god, how do you even um, make it through school, bro? I'm, I'm all over the place. Oh yeah, so that's that's roughly around. I think it's nineteen point five or nineteen point six million a year on average. Like the amount of money that you can end up. I mean, what you what basically what you could end up utilizing that money for the next, you know, four or five years. That's something that you got to look at as a Chicago Bulls fan because it's like, again, is he is he really worth it? And it's not really a knock on him, but it's just like nineteen million, some, bro. Some Chicago Bulls fans actually believe he is. I seen it on Twitter. But look, oh no, 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 no. Let me let me tell me. I ain't trying to throw nobody underneath the bus on, on Twitter, but I definitely saw some. Man, we don't even want Zach Levine anyway. It don't even really matter, bro. They yeah, can have yeah. him. That's crazy. They can have him. And then as soon as they matched it, it was like, bro, y'all don't know about him, bro. He gonna be worth that nineteen million a year. I'm like, bro, y'all don't <laughs> shut the hell up. Uh, <laughs> to, to put to put things in perspective, nineteen million is how much um, Jeff Teague signed for. Um, and this this is under the new um, contract. Actually, when you put it like that, that's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me, okay, let's, let's, let's try to put things in perspective here. So 19 uh, yeah. is how much Jeff Teague signed for. Uh, he's going to get paid a little bit more than Victor Oladipo, however. So half of what Mike Conley signed for. Uh huh. Okay. Oh my God. He's going to get paid a little, a little less than what Victor Oladipo's pay, getting paid for. Um, a little less than what Nick Batum is getting paid right now. And, um, uh, a little less than what, um, Giannis is getting paid. I think, I think, Teague, if if we're talking about the range of Jeff Teague to Giannis, if that's a talent level that we're referring to, or let, let's not say Giannis. Giannis is a bad example. Let's say Jeff Teague to a Victor Oladipo status. If he falls within that range, obviously he has to be obviously um, favoring more on the Victor Oladipo side. But even then, I don't necessarily know if it's worth it because I, I honestly feel like if they built something of quality, they would have been able to utilize that money in a, in a better, uh, better off season. Because I think in another year or two, they definitely could have put themselves in a better situation and find players that are just steals. Because again, if if especially because he's coming off an injury season or he's coming off a, a season where he's trying to come back from an injury, and he didn't really produce that well, and so. I just don't necessarily know what they might have saw out of him. And also, um, I don't know what they're going to do with Chris Dunn either. It's a lot of question marks with the Chicago Bulls. That that was just a, a interesting take on a player that I don't necessarily know is worth nearly $20 million a year for. So I want to talk to you, Lo, because KD has been, I don't know if you, maybe the word is embarrassing himself. On Instagram, and you've definitely seen it. He's been responding to a lot of quote-unquote critics. You might have even seen him respond to OSN just talking shit on Twitter. And then KD comes back at him. So there's there's this uh, back and forth that happened on Instagram. And it, it blew up on... Do you, I know, Lo, you, you generally don't go on Imgur. <laughs> I just saw it on a forum and I clicked it. So there's a photo of 
Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and Anthony Davis. And the caption says, three elite two-way players, but don't elevate a team quite like LeBron and Steph due to their playmaking and leadership deficiencies. Which is like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, KD is a fantastic playmaker, and so is AD. And you can make the same case for Kawhi Leonard. Wait, wait, let's, wait, 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 wait. Let's, let's pause for a second. Shout out to my man Bucket Center because I actually know I know who runs that um that IG page. Then, then did you do you know the back and forth because he posted the DMs? Yeah, I read him out right I, now. Yeah, I know, I know. I, yeah, we were just in. A, I was just in. Um, I got an exclusive. Woo! Hold on, wait, wait for a second. What the fuck? Because he was he was just in he was just in Discord and, and he was um talking about this. Well, tell him he's an idiot for that comment. Jesus, that didn't make any sense. There, he just named three great playmakers. And leaders like Durant just assimilated. He just he he went on to the the greatest team in the NBA, and then made them even better. He just fit in like that. It's not an easy thing to do. I mean, it's it's a lot easier than beating them on OKC, but it's it's not as simple as some people might make it seem. And there's plenty of cases of like just teams coming together and just not working out. So, all right, and that doesn't even include what he said about Kawhi and Anthony Davis. So, Kevin Durant sent him a DM, said, Bruh, go sweep your dorm room. You don't know hoops. Stop tagging me in this trash. He called him a middle school slash knockoff Stephen A. <laughs> Which I think is interesting. So, the other guy replied. He said, You know it's true. That's why your insecure ass responded to me. Why don't you actually prove you can lead a team to a championship? Not even in the same galaxy as LeBron. And then KD responded, I get it. You obviously want people to respond to it. So I did. If you can't respect it then, and he did like the shrug emoji, do you tag all of your followers in post? Get your shit spell checked, Katie. You wanted me to view it. I did. The other guy responded saying, I respect your game and I understand you're the greatest scorer I've ever seen, but I just don't think you can lead a team quite like Stefan Braun. Which, by the way, is a perfectly fine opinion to have. I'm about to say, but, that's that's the point I was really going to get to as soon as you got done. It's like, bro, it's, it's nothing that he's saying is that is that outrageous. Well, it, it was a part about playmaking deficiencies. I'm like, what are you talking about, right? He should have just said this in his post in the caption. He followed up. He said, doesn't mean you are the best 1v1 player in basketball, but it means I take those guys in a cutoff. But he probably said those guys over you. Uh, yeah. he, he followed up and said, you can use whatever I said as motivation to prove doubters like me wrong. Then here's where it got interesting because Katie responded saying, nah, buddy, you're like 12. Lo, how old is this guy? Is he, is he 12? Uh, he's not 12, but he's, he's young though. Yeah, he's young. Okay. But which contradicted what Katie said earlier because Katie said he was some college kid or whatever. Now, Katie, do you know college students that are 12? Give him my number, Katie. I need smart people around me. You know, it's so funny. Katie's- he was he was in Discord while this is happening. That's that's the funny part. Was, so you were talking to him while this was, was going on. I wasn't. I wasn't like like he was in um the voice chat. I wasn't in the voice chat when he was. But he was, when it was going on, he was in Discord like telling like people what was going on because he was. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He followed up. Uh, Katie said, "Nah, buddy, you're like 12. Your opinion will not be used as my motivation." Crying face, crying face. Y'all got people thinking that since I get buckets in the NBA, I'm too big and famous to be a black man at 7 p.m. on a Tuesday scrolling through Instagram. Lol. Y'all are too funny. I like Instagram. I like basketball. Crying face, crying face. You gots, G-O-T-S, what does that mean? I have no idea what that means. (laughs) You gots be... 
Oh, he means you, you got to, to be, be tripping. tripping. <laughs> you got to be tripping. You got to be tripping if I'm not going to chime in every here and there. Lol ha. So, this, and wait, then. Let's look, let, me, let me pause here for a second before you okay. keep reading. Right. It's one thing just to reply on, like, the Instagram thing. The comments, yeah, yeah. It's another thing to go into someone's DMs, though. Like, th- this is this is the part of Kevin Durant's. And I don't, I don't really want to like have a, a mental like breakdown of who Kevin Durant is, but like this idea that Kevin Durant is just so sensitive as a as a person to just continue to reply to people, not just in their comment sections, but go in their de- in their DMs and leaving remarks and replying to these people. It's like, bro, you got better things to do with your life. Like, just I don't go think do he does though. Else. I think you'd be surprised how many NBA players have free time to just watch videos or. Scroll through social media. I I'm, not, I'm, not, just no, no, today, I'm not. I'm not saying. Like I said before, he can reply in someone's comments. I'm not necessarily saying that, especially if you're adding him. What I'm saying is, when you get to the point where you're DMing, because there's moments where I don't, I don't have no fucking time to DM somebody about some stuff. Like, like I, it's there's certain times where even I think DMing somebody is a bit excessive. So if you yeah, get to a point where like that. you're DMing somebody and you're having a back and forth about trying to defend what you're doing, it's it's ridiculous, and and that's. This is the biggest reason why I honestly, I, I can't, I cannot fathom in an idea where Kevin Durant doesn't thoroughly understand how ridiculous the move was to go to the Golden State Warriors. And he could not fathom the backlash he was going to receive from it. And the fact that he's taking the time out to reply to people through DMs shows a level of insecurity that he has after he made that move because he was not doing this before. See, Kevin, I disagree with you. Kevin I don't Durant think it's was not insecurity, going to dude, DMs. or a sensitivity. I think he's just more open than other players. He has a YouTube but he channel, dude, do, where he just he does Q&As. But he wasn't doing it before, though. But he wasn't doing it before. I get that, and I get that, but players evolve. Like, he runs Q&As regularly on his YouTube channel. You know he's super active, and he said he loves Instagram. Man, I just think that's let who me, he let is. Me, let, me, let, me, let me cut you off real quick. This man created a fake Twitter account. Okay, so that's applied. well. Was that proven? I don't know if that was proven. Dude. Yes, it was. He was ta- either either that or this man is so. Off of off of whatever off of his off of some crazy drugs that he's on that he talks to about himself in third person. It's either one or the other agent. Either this man on Twitter was using a fake a fake Twitter account and forgot to sign out of his regular <laughs> Twitter account, or okay, when yeah, he was not, using his yeah. regular Twitter account, he was saying KD can't play with those cats. Like it's either one or the other. He talks about himself in third person, or he was using fake Twitter accounts. <laughs> I've been known to talk to talk about. Like, let me stop. No, man. not right. not and especially not tweeted out. Yeah, not yeah, tweet yeah, it yeah, out. yeah. So okay, so making, this is making, like there's only a little fake bit left. Twitter accounts though to reply to people. Like, come on, that's bro. yeah, that's inexcusable. You can't get caught doing come that, on, bro. Also, like, let's just think about the impact that would have. Like, just one guy supporting you, KD, in the comments. You think that's what's gonna make the difference? Everyone's gonna be like, oh, look at that reasonable individual defending Kevin Durant in the midst of all the chaos. Yeah, let's... Like, what is that going to accomplish in the replies on Twitter? I I just... I didn't see the point of ever making... But that's just me. You know, I guess Brian Colangelo and Kevin Durant have a different school of thought. Um, so after he said all of that, the, the finale reply was, uh, your friend here said, you ain't too big and famous for shit. I'm 17. If you don't want respect... If you don't want to respect me, that's fine. You do you. Clearly have enough respect for what I say 
to comment and no listen, Lil, tell your guy about grammar spelling. Just give him some tips and tricks over the years. He needs to improve on his abilities. He finished off saying, glad you owned it this time and didn't hide behind a burner. Exactly. Which I think and that and that's the point that I'm that I'm just got done making. Kevin Durant, it's you a beautiful, gotta, you gotta chill it's a beautiful out, conclusion, by the way. And I hope that's where the whole conversation ended because I don't even know how KD responds to something like that. He glad can't. you owned it this he, time. He can't, he can't respond. Like, he can't. Can you imagine if KD used a burner account to DM people on Twitter? Like, man, you don't really know what you're talking about, bro. <laughs> no, that would be priceless. All I know is he this, does, this is just one case. He but, does but, this but, but, listen, but so again, before, often. Before we keep going, though, I just want to go back to what he said with um, Bucket Center. That's the guy that we're referring to on, on IG. He said that three three elite two-way players but don't elite, don't elevate a team quite like LeBron and Steph do uh, quite like LeBron and Steph due to their playmaking and leadership deficiency and he's showing um Kawhi, Katie, and Anthony Davis now you may disagree with what he's saying but honestly what he's saying is not it's not that it's it's not that far off. It's not like he's saying something that's so blasphemous that it's hard to believe what he's saying is true. It's just, it's not. Nothing, it's not what he's saying is that ridiculous for anybody to really get upset about. Because again, it's not like he said they're trash. It's not, he lead it all, he let off the, the IG post by saying three, two-way, three elite, he, he labeled them elite on top of that. Three elite two-way players. Two, three years ago, Kevin Durant was not even viewed as a two-way player, let alone an elite one. So the fact that he's he high, he's highlighting the growth in Kevin Durant's game on a defensive end, but basically stating the difference between those three players and LeBron and Curry is their inability to, to improve their teammates due to their lack of ability to handle the ball. I just... I don't necessarily know why that would trigger Kevin Durant. Like, the, I don't... That's not anything to... To, to trigger him by I don't get that that's and especially not enough to trigger me to DM you like what is like I don't I don't know tell KD. your friend Lo that he did a horrible job taking advantage of the newfound clout because literally on this imager website alone it has hold on let me find the view count it's, it's, it has, on, it's, it's on Twitter though too like it's on Twitter yeah it has it has 20,000 likes not views likes on imager so, I mean, he should have definitely taken it. Tell him he's, his social media skills need to be brushed up a little bit, man. When you get when you get a gem like this, this is very rare, you have to take advantage. And just posting the DMs, it was, that was weak. That was weak. He could have done a lot better, man. I'm disappointed. You see the... Actually, I don't want to get into that, bro. I don't want to get into that. But he could have done better. But uh, you think it's... I, I disagree with the fact that you think it's sensitivity and or... Uh, no, I think maybe, I think it's I think it's sensitive, bro. Like you, you're a little too you're a little too sensitive to be responding to somebody that you think is young in their in their DMs. It's one thing again. You can leave but a comment. the thing is, is I'm sure they have opinions about people's opinions of them. Like LeBron, which might is see which an is Instagram fine. post. That, I'm, not, then, I'm not saying I'm not saying having an opinion about somebody's opinion is wrong either. That that's fine. But to take the time out to leave to to DM somebody. On something that's not even to, to so be quite are you, honest with you, it's are not you, even that crazy. It's not that. Let crazy. me ask you a question, Lo. Are you less sensitive if, let's say, I'm LeBron James and I see a post, somebody is saying that I'm the fifth best player of all time, and I'm like, what? You think this guy and this guy and this guy is better than me? Are you out of your mind? 
Let's say that instead of me saying that to him in a DM, I say it to my wife or to Carmelo Anthony, who's sitting beside me. Does that make me less sensitive all of a sudden just because it's not happening publicly? I don't. I, that's where that's where you lose me, guy. Because these guys have opinions and they say stuff to each other, and it doesn't get out because they're no, close. No, no, it's, it's, it's less sen- sensitive if something if somebody said something and you see them and you just like say, "Yo, what you said was crazy." It's another thing to you see them and then you go, you like, "Yo." Meet me X Y Z in private so we can have this conversation. Like when you when you take extra steps to respond to somebody, right? That's too much. You just doing too much. I feel like you think just because KD is like the super mega a a list celebrity. No, if that- you did that, if AJ, if you did that, I'll tell you like, bro, chill out. You ain't got to DM nobody. So if, if someone leaves a comment in in uh in a in a video I post. A lot of the time, I'll have an opinion. But let's see. Let's, for example. How many times uh, do you respond to those? Honestly, how many times do you respond to your comments like that? No, but here, let me explain you why sometimes I don't. You don't. So let's say uh, I posted two videos about the lag switchers in the NBA 2K community a week ago. And the videos did fantastic. Now, there was some lag switchers that were pissed off because in the video I said I used to lag switch. Because you needed a lag switch to defend against people who lag switch. So they're almost calling me a hypocrite. But I explained in the video, and I said, it's almost like owning a gun. I don't buy a gun to kill people. But if you come in my house and rob my shit, you're taking one to the chest. Those are the rules, right? And so it, the person who left the comment originally saying I'm a hypocrite, had I responded to that comment, just to clarify, because he clearly didn't understand what I was talking about. Or maybe he just wanted to spin it and create his own little... Uh, he wanted to create his own narrative. Had I responded, his comment would have risen to the absolute top, right? And then at that point, it's going to get more likes and more shares. But more than that, on YouTube, on top of that, you have to click view reply just to see that I responded. You can't pin my reply to the top or anything. So once a bunch of people follow up with my response, with their own response, my response is going to be flooded. So now all you see is his comment at the very top. And so for me, a lot of times, even if someone's talking shit, even though I might have an opinion and I might I might even just want to clarify, maybe he's confused where I stand, like the way Durant is right now. But I can't because what Durant doesn't care about, seemingly, is that people will post DMs or will expose the messages because for them, what is there to lose? It's not like Durant's ever going to be friends with them or have another conversation. It's just potential instant clout. From saying, this is what Kevin Durant DM'd me. Isn't that pathetic? Look how I handled it. And then did you see the conclusion where I brought up his burner accounts? I disagree that it's about the fact that he's sensitive. I just think that he's willing to handle things in a way where even if it makes him look bad, he doesn't care. He just wants to get his opinion across. And it, I mean, it's a weird tactic for a guy who seemingly you would assume cares about his brand. Because at the end of the day, when these stories come out, it doesn't look good for your brand, especially when he hits you with a neat little zinger at the end. That's just the way that I feel, at least. You oh, you have, he could, but you, he you tell me right now, Lou, you replied to Shake and Bake this podcast about some stupid stuff he said on Twitter. But I didn't but I didn't but I didn't go in, in his DM and then tell him like, yo, that's crazy, bro, what you said about like I didn't do all that. But you replied on our podcast, which is a public forum. But needs, I assume someone's but that's, gonna but that, but that's again, that's not a pro, that's not me going through extra steps to like, yo, hey, yo, Shake, let me let me pull you to the side real quick and let's talk about that tweet you had. Um, what's going okay. on, Shake? All right, like, I see that. 
It's I I ain't do all that because it's not even really that serious. And and even what I just said right now, I'm, it's it's very lighthearted. So it's not, it's still not that serious. All I'm saying is that, and I it really I'm we just you just talking about this stuff right now because it was kind of funny. It was it was a moment, but I just don't. It, to me, it's it's extremely obvious that Durant, he is he's I don't want to I don't want to say he's in his feelings or whatever, but like he's definitely aware of how he's viewed. Like, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll say that. Durant is extremely aware of how he's viewed in the NBA community right now. And he has to be, of course, yeah. And I and I think that because he's aware, I I definitely believe, like you said, I think he wants to iron out. Some some misconceptions, which is fine, but I feel like he takes it a step further by a overlooking like even a compliment because in in his post, it's not like it's not like he even said that Kevin Durant can never be a top 10, 15 player in the league because he's riding Curry's culture. All he said was that the difference between these elite two way players and Curry and LeBron is that they're able to do, you know, one or two more things, which separates them, which is why I think they're better. That, I mean, that that's literally what he said. It's not like, in, in that post, it's not like he even belittled Kevin Durant, even in the post. he's He literally just said, man, because it really, and, and really what it is, like, let me let me go a step further. It's not even really a, a KD thing, more so that it's a LeBron thing that people still are claiming that LeBron is better than him, in my opinion. Because... If if someone said that Curry's better than him, I don't think he's going to publicly be upset about that. But if the people are still saying LeBron is better than him, even though he's winning a championship, and probably in his mental, he's probably told himself, man, if I win championships and I beat LeBron in the process, then I, people would have to just acknowledge that I'm better than him. But guess what, KD? We don't give a fuck, okay? Because we can clearly tell, we can still clearly tell the difference between y'all two, and LeBron is still a better player. But a lot of it has to do with again the fact that you joined the Warriors, and so with him being self aware of how he's viewed in the NBA community, makes him go out of his way to reply to people, not just in the comment section but in DMs, bro. That's sensitive. That's overly sensitive, and he can so have the- he can have an opinion, but like you doing all of that extra stuff just because you're trying to reply to somebody that's re- that's ridiculous. Like, yo, call it a day. Everybody has their opinions, and in and even so, in his opinion, take he bigs in, you up. He bigs KD up. It's not like in he the in the him. defense of KD, he started the reply in the DMs with "sweep your dorm room," but he followed up with "stop tagging me in this trash." So I don't think he was hunting for information. I think he was just looking through his Instagram and he happened to be tagged by this. He came across it and he had opinions. So he DM'd the guy and just said what he thought. And, which, and which is a so side, which I, is a side note. I agree. I don't know why people be tagging people on Twitter or on Instagram. Y'all got to cut that shit out. So if it'd be one thing if Katie was hunting for stuff and then if Katie searched for this himself and then began the DM. On a tweet that was just an opinion saying, bro, go sweep your dorm room, you're a knockoff Stephen A., then you're pushing it. We all know he's pushing it. But if you're tagging the guy, you're looking for his attention. And then once you get it, don't act surprised like he should be doing better things than replying to measly old you. He has opinions, and you brought it to his attention. So, I mean, it's it's definitely... Uh, uncharacteristic for an NBA player to just sit there and no, DM individual No, it's uncharacteristic from a grown, for a grown man. That's what it's uncharacteristic as. Anyway, if you're tagging him, just 
you expect him to see it or you want him to see it. So don't act so surprised, man. But no, again, don't act surprised about the comment. But if you DMing me, bro, get, I, I would have dead ass told Katie, like, bro, Katie, if you don't get the fuck out of my No, you wouldn't. You'd be yes, like, I, hey, you want to do a collab on serious. my channel? I would have been like, Katie, <laughs> if you don't get the fuck out of my DMs and go practice or do some shit, bro, like, what are you doing, bro? Stop that, bro. You'd be surprised how much free time players have. Cause they can't practice fine, all the time. Fine. They gotta I, I would I would have been like, bro, Katie, if you don't get the fuck out of my DMs and go watch a show Yo, or something. You know what I saw yesterday, Lo? You'd be surprised, man. I was watching uh one of the car channels on YouTube, Vehicle Virgins. Austin Rivers DM'd them and said, Yo, I, I bought this new it was a Porsche GT two RS or it's some like three hundred thousand dollar Porsche. It looked fantastic. And then he just invited them for a collab. He said, Yo, I watch your videos all the time for hours every day. That, that is what he said every night. He goes to sleep and he watches their videos. And I'm like, what? And of course, we saw on my, one of Mike Krasemba's posts in the past that Giannis watches his videos. I've done videos with J.R. Smith and, and Darius Miller. Like, these NBA players aren't working 24-7. Their bodies need rest, and that's you know to what? avoid you're still, injuries. You're still missing. You're still missing I, I get what you're saying. That's I'm just what I'm saying. Bringing... They can do it, but bro, don't, don't be, yo, Katie, don't be sliding in my DMs. I, I, I get opinion, that. Yeah, bro. I get that. Don't, don't, don't pretend like you wouldn't try and finesse for no, a No, I would be Katie like, yo, Katie, you. if you don't get the fuck out of my DMs, yo, if you don't, if you don't dip from my DMs right now, Katie... Yo, yo, get out my DMs, Katie. Would you drop a video, Lo? If he if he responded to you and said, "Hey, uh, go clean your dorm room, Lo," <laughs> if he said some shit like that, what would you do, Lo? Out of curiosity, would, I would you drop a I video? Would, I would first say, "Yo, Katie, dip from my DMs." Yo, first of all, a, okay, and then okay. b. I don't. I would. I would low key just post it on Twitter and be like, "Yo, this is what's this is popping over." <laughs> That's it, yo. I'd have, I'd have dropped a video on that, man. What nah, you talking about? No, nah, no, nah, it's not this. I would, I might, have, I might have said something in a video, but it's not that serious, bro. I hey, then you can make a video talking about is Katie too sensitive? Boom, there's a video idea. I don't Bang. make, I don't, I don't, I don't make videos like that, agent. My, my videos are way too detailed. Low, hey, like any video that bangs, it means that people want to watch it, bro. So just give the people what they want. Isn't that what Jalen uh, Jalen Rose always says? Give the people what they want. I need a baseball bat to make it real. Any hoozy. Um Jesus, dude. All I know is yo. Shout out to Bucket Center, yo. <laughs> don't don't know shout out to Bucket Center. I'm mad you know this guy, bro. <laughs> shout out yeah, shout out to Bucket Center, yo. Uh yo, this podcast has gone on for long enough, Lo. We should we should end it right here, man. Yeah, yeah. Um No, do not delete this one. Save this one and uh Save it as oh, wait, incredibly wait, let's, important. Let's, let's, end on, let's, let's, end, let's end on this note because we definitely did this. Um, we did this last time, but we didn't really um talk about it in this podcast. Uh, where is Kawhi Leonard going? Oh, we forgot about Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, because by, <laughs> by the time this pod goes up, Kawhi could. I mean, by the time we record the next pod, Kawhi might might already be on another team. Okay, so I'll just I guess now, and we'll explain it if he hasn't moved yet in the next pod. Um, I. Th- well, you guys first. Let me give me some time to think about this. I think I think that he is going to play in LA. I think that last last week or when we recorded the last pod, I had it flipped to the um the Celtics or the Sixers. I thought they, I thought that they were really trying to push as hard as they possibly could to send him to the East. But as time has continued to progress, there has been really no teams out there that have given 
or at least no Eastern Conference team that had given the Spurs any quality offers. And so if you are the Lakers, I think capitalizing on the situation, even if that means getting rid of quality pieces to go after Kawhi, then that's what you're going to have to do. And I know the Lakers have said multiple times they're not trying to get rid of Ingram, but I mean, it may, it may, it may end up being Ingram. I mean, I, I think we have to just be realistic here and say if Ingram got to go, then he got to go. Um, Lo, did you hear the rumors that uh, apparently the Raptors have generated buzz? I was about, I was about to say, I was about to say that too, and I don't know what y'all are willing to give up though to get Kawhi. Yeah, I, just based off what they were asking for from LA, I feel like they would ask for the whole team from Toronto. Exactly. Um, so I'm not sure either. I think. If I had to guess, and maybe he might go to L.A., but I I think that he might go to Philly, bro. Because Philly fought for LeBron, and there was rumors that came out. There was reports that came out saying that LeBron heavily considered Philly. And then LeBron decided to go to L.A., of course. And then he could slot in so perfectly on that team. It would be maybe a weird combo of like Joel Embiid, who's always happy and doing ridiculous things. And Kawhi, who's more reserved and... Never smiling, basically. But I, I would, and maybe just because I would like to see him on the 76ers, but I, I think he might go to the 76ers. I think they're going to go hard to get him, especially after not getting LeBron. Now, I know I know you said we're not trying to spend too much time, but but quickly, if you are the Sixers, what are you willing to give up for Kawhi? Because the, the problem with Kawhi going to the Sixers is that, is that it's still rumored that he may just be a one-year rental. I mean, that, that's probably the biggest problem right now is that Kawhi, if he goes to Philly, Celtics, Toronto, or whatever Eastern Conference team they want to trade him to, that you don't want to give it too much because it may end up being... They have a ton of picks, a though. Round. It's like, what, what are they going to use the picks for? They have a perfect so that, opportunity. So that's, what, so that's what I'm asking. What are you? If you're Philly, to what extent are you willing to give up your assets to receive Kawhi, even though it more than likely may be a one-year rental. And quite frankly, if you are, it won't more than likely because as long as they have the bird rights for him, then he's willing to give up forty plus million to play for another team. That's a huge advantage for whichever team trades for him, dude. Which is which is which is very that that is extremely true. But from the reports that everybody keeps saying, and obviously reports can be wrong. But if we're just we're if we're in the realm of Kawhi sincerely wants to play in L.A. If you're if you're um if you're Philly, how much are you really giving up? Now, in my opinion, I think that I agree with you that Philly actually has the most assets or at least the most tradable assets to go get Kawhi. Because honestly, anybody can leave outside of Ben Simmons and and um and Embiid. So if I got Markel Fultz, that's what I'm saying. If I got Fultz. If I got a few picks that Miami Heat pick they just got this year's um in this year's draft, Robert Covington, bro, all, all every all all of them can go if I can get Kawhi. It's just that I don't necessarily know if it'll be worth it if it's just one year. But if if I am the Lakers, bro, and Ingram shows a lot of promise, I'm not saying you're making it seem like Ingram is just trash or anything like that, bro. If I am the Lakers, I don't think Ingram is peaking as high as Kawhi. And if it means that I could get his bird rights in a transat in transition as well, bro, I'm trading Ingram and I'm trading if it's Josh Hart, because I don't think I don't really see there being any need for Josh Hart on the, on the team. Yeah. I'm trading Ingram and Josh Hart to get Kawhi because that means I can run a lineup with Lonzo. Um, I think they need to put KCP at the two Kawhi at the three and just put LeBron at the four. Bro, I'm, I'm running that lineup. Uh, I don't like that lineup. I'll bench KCP and just put LeBron and Kawhi there. 
you you can do that as well. But I, I just it depends on what because the the Lakers really don't have a power forward right now. That's that's the biggest problem. Because we we that's let we let point. um we let Randall walk and we don't have a, a power forward. So, but 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 regardless though, if it, if it means getting rid of Ingram, which from my understanding and the stuff that I've read, that's been the hold up on the Lakers side. Bro, I'm and I and again I think Ingram is a fine player, but Ingram, you gone, bro. Like that's that's it. You're telling me with we the can, Lakers, we can he gets the best another... chance at a championship and making money. He's gonna stay, so I do it. That's what I'm saying, bro. We we can, we have the possibility of adding another top five player in the NBA on the roster, bro. Ingram, you out of here, cuz? Whoa, like, top five? You think he's top five? You don't think Hawaii's top five? I'd have to think about it, bro. He might just be top ten. And then, and then, no, oh, get the fuck out. Especially if he's healthy, he's probably top five. And, and then on top of that, we more likely we have to move the the Luol Deng contract in the process as well because they would have to match contracts, bro. Saranara, bro, like you out of here, um, Brent Ingram. So I think that's the part that makes it difficult that nobody wants Luol Deng. But if you if you're telling me, bro, I'm I'm doing I'm doing it. If you're if you're telling me we get rid of Dang's contract. Young, they can get a pick as well. No, but you're thinking of it as the Lakers. I'm thinking of it as the Spurs. So if you're if you're the Spurs, would you rather have a pick from the Lakers, Brandon Ingram, Luol Dang, and Josh Hart, or Markel Fultz, Robert Covington in a 2021 pick? I I'd actually ask for Kuzma and Ingram. Oh no, you bugging. See now, see, yeah, see you you lost your mind. You lost your mind. You lost it. You lost it. You already I'm lost just it. I'm just saying what I would do if I was a Spurs. Yeah, you, you lost guys it. You lost it. See, really you badly need Kawhi you, you, right you're now. You're doing you're doing too much. You're doing too much. You're going way too much into the you you're doing way too much. You gotta cut that out. You gotta cut that out. <laughs> we're not we're not we're not doing all that. You're not doing the Kuzma. You know, you can't get both of them. You we can swatch we can swap the Kuzma and Ingram. But you're not getting both of them. You go. That's too crazy. Look at right you there. getting protective and shit, man. Yeah, that's that's too <laughs> that's too crazy right there. Nah, we're not doing that. It's either one or the other. You get Ingram. That's probably why a deal hasn't been made yet, bro. They're just going back and forth like this. Nah, if they if they come to me with we need Ingram and Kuzma, I like all right, nigga. I right, hang up the phone right then there. Like y'all y'all still playing, so I see what y'all doing. Y'all can definitely go get that bum ass nigga Markel Fultz. <laughs> Cause I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting rid of both of them for um Kawhi. Nah, that's so the- just to talk about my Raptors because we never talk about them enough in all our podcasts. Uh, the deal that the this like buzz with the Raptors includes one of either DeRozan or Lowry. It would have to. Like, it would have to. I'm just saying that that's interesting because like I didn't, I honestly don't know what team would want DeRozan, um, but Kyle Lowry might seem like. He might be a great fit for the Spurs, actually. Uh, I mean, his contract is, I guess, kind of hefty, but and, and I, know, I know they re-signed Bryn Forbes, but Tony Parker left, right? And and so it might be like the perfect starting point guard to replace, especially if Kawhi wants out anyway. Um, but then again, I feel like you, you're still depending on what else the Raptors offer, like maybe Norman Powell or. But um, but but gonna, again, it kind of goes back to what I was saying before. As a Raptor fan, or do you think that it's worth giving up Kyle Lowry for potentially just one year of Kawhi? 
I have no idea. Because if you, because no really, idea. what you're saying is that y'all would have to have a productive enough season, and really, in in my opinion, it would have to be making it to the finals. You all would have to have a productive enough season to convince him to stay on that roster. And I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that y'all are in that situation to not only trade and give up the assets that you're referring to, while also receiving Kawhi and then competing even in the Eastern Conference and making the finals. I don't think that could happen. However, yeah, though, yeah, very risky, very risky. However, though, I'm gonna tell you right now, bro. Ingram can be out of here. Ingram, Josh Hart, and a pick for cool for and um, Kuzma. Jeez, no, call it a deal. You're you you doing call too it a much, deal, man. You're doing too much. It can't be both Ingram and Kuzma. We can we can we can flip flop. We can you can get you can get Kuzma. Nah, we keep Ingram. It's gonna have to be both of them and and the pick. Stop, on top of that. stop, stop. You ODing. We're not doing both of that. And and another swap. We want another swap. Stop, stop. That's ODN right there. No one's giving them that's I'm, and that's another thing too. No one's not no one's giving them all of that for Kawhi on a one year on a one year contract. <laughs> that's that's the biggest problem with them. Is that they I can, wonder if the Lakers just laughed out of like the negotiation table the first time, like, ah, look at these clowns. <laughs> all the shit they want had ass. They just walked out like, Yeah, we're not gonna negotiate. Are you out of your mind? Look what you're asking for. Trying to be the middle ground. Who knows? Maybe they won't ever find a middle ground, though. Yeah, and then you're it's telling me that I'm gonna tell you right now the Lakers will be in such a good space because once Kawhi gets off, Kawhi will be a free agent, but we'll have his bird rights, which means that he'll be off the books, and that will give us more money to add even more pieces to the team in next year's off season, and then we can add him on top of that. Bro, get that man, Kawhi. With so the, with low as opposed to the Warriors building a team bro, that's incredibly let's, overpowered. Let's, let's but get the Lakers is let's, fine. Let's that's get, fine. Let's get something clear here. At the end of the day, I am a Laker fan. Let's let's get something clear. So that's that's where you draw the boundary. And if, and when, if when, when the parity in the league hurts your team, then it's a problem. Oh, absolutely, right? a- absolutely, Because as a Laker fan. I have definitely. That's, that's very selfish. Thinking. I've I've All I've right, rooted, I've rooted for now. way too many years at D'Angelo Russell. I've rooted way too many years. No, 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 no. Lakers fans, you've had the best of luck. Don't tell me this way too many years. Like you've been a you've been an organization struggling to win championships, right? We have over the last five years, over the last five seven years. But we we've, we've been struggling to stay relevant, man. All right, I'm leaving. Bye, guys. Peace out. Peace. Look, I know, I know your your expectations of what your teams are supposed to do. I know it's a little low. You know, you get you get surprised every single time y'all win sixty wins in the regular season. But from a Laker fan, bro, now we gotta keep winning. That's a fact. What are you trying to do, bro? Out silence me and the fucking podcast, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, um, I said peace. I'm out already. So you're look, here. You're bro, the only right, one look, here still. Right, for my um. Yo, with that being said, though, shout out to everybody who's still listening and rocking us with the podcast. Good news. I know uh, I said this in the last podcast, but again, I deleted it. But we on Spotify now, so check us out on Spotify. And um, all of those links are always connected to the audio boom. How are you going to tell them at the end of the podcast to check us out on Spotify? I'm, I'll make sure I, I'll, I'll, I'll do it as, as well in my next video and stuff like that. But yo, check us out on Spotify. Check us out on all the platforms. Uh, I know Agent don't want to do it since he already said peace, but my player of the pot is Victor Oladipo. Yet again, I see you, my man Vic on IG dancing to in oh my, my feelings. God. A little the Drake new dance, the Drake oh wave that's going God. on right now. My man Vic out there killing that too. Vic, Vic gonna be the player of the pod every week moving forward, just to let y'all know. But with that being said, though, we'll see you all next time. Peace. Right, Agent? Right?
Peace.